0: Hello, from my home to yours, welcome to EMS at Sea Level. I am joined once again by Carl Hung of The Season Group. Carl, absolute pleasure to chat to you. It's been um, it's been a while. Last time we spoke, we were in the depths of the pandemic and we were talking very specifically about, about coping with that. It feels like we're kind of on the other side, but there are still... Issues and uh, I know you're traveling, and there are issues with respect to isolation when you return, and particularly with your factories in China. But I wanted to start with just what we've learned from this period, how it's kind of been a been a, a check in terms of the business, what it's changed in the business, what what we've um, we've been able to focus on, what kind of reset we might have done during this period how do you feel about the whole thing when you look back at it and you think okay well there are some lessons learned there
1: yeah uh th- thanks for having me phil uh, great to catch up with you um yeah the last what is it that two years now yeah two, just two like years that years, uh and it's gone by quickly and i think we've all learned a lot of things during this pandemic first and foremost people right uh, this is People business, it's a people world. Uh, family always comes first. Being owners and operators of a company, we have to be cognizant of that. And uh, we, we learned that. Um, we're, we're, because we're international, we're in Malaysia, Mexico, the UK, and China, uh, we've had to send people around the world. And to do that during the pandemic, mm-hmm. where there's the possibility of anyone catching COVID, um, those are the tough calls. And then you really think, is it really worthwhile to send that person there? Do you have to do that? Uh, and it's only when it's necessary that you do that. Mm. And luckily uh, for us, all those people who've been on the road for us the past two years, no one's caught COVID while on the road. So oh, we're, awesome. we're happy on that front. Um, but And even for, funny for this trip, I, I caught COVID before. Right before my trip. So I'm like, oh, wow, okay, actually, it worked out quite well. Uh, now I'm yeah. immune free. I can walk around without uh, a face mask the entire time. So there, I think timing of that is key because now with the yeah. vaccination coming on board, you feel a lot safer catching COVID uh, itself. Yeah. But I think, um, like you say, you, we see it winding down in a sense uh, over here in the US. Hmm. It's wearing a face mask now. Uh, our, our friends over in the UK, same deal as well, too. Australia, we hear it's quite open. Yeah. Uh, the only place where it's still locked down in a sense is Hong Kong and China, which is a big deal for our industry because mm. of supply chain impact. Yeah. I think uh, we all experienced that in March and April when Shanghai was locked down and Beijing temporarily locked down as well, too. We're only feeling the ripple effects now. Um, yeah. The supply chain, it's really a chain. Uh, government policy international events can affect output greatly. We're getting a lot of allocation notices now as a result of Shanghai closing down mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's the matter of explaining to our customers how that happens and yeah. have them bring to their customers how that happens it's It's not as if we're um, making it next door It, it is um, a world's part, but it's yeah. something even the whole concept of bringing manufacturing home, regionalization, doesn't mm. solve any of this. Yeah. Um, that's not the way to solve the issue, it, it, but we have to find a better way of managing this. And, it, yeah, and managing course, the supply chain. Yeah. It, it's not JIT, right? JIT no, is it's not. Thing.
0: It's not just in time, but it's not just in case either. It's It's somewhere that has, I think somewhere in the middle that has much more data. Um, and is much more responsive and is much more designed for this disruptive environment we see ourselves in and we you know we started talking about the pandemic but the pandemic is was a big disruption but it had disruptions on either side of it before that we were very concerned about trade wars as soon as we get towards the end of um, the pandemic and consumer demand is is on the rise we've suddenly got this. Major, major supply chain issue, and as you say, that's been exacerbated by logistics issues that are being impacted by um, by lockdowns as well. So it's 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 very complex. And when I look at it, I think, okay, well, how do we reevaluate? How do we design our businesses going forward? Um, obviously, we've learned some stuff from the pandemic. We're learning some stuff through this supply chain. What do you think are the keys to going forward? You talked about communication with your customers, and the, you know the need to do that on a regular basis because you're just you're just calling them with bad news so often. It's just it's like oh no, it's Carl again. <laughs> it can't be good. So how how do you see yourself kind of redesigning Season Group for this constantly disruptive environment?
1: yeah I think you 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 mentioned it as well too like being data driven itself uh, manufacturing right now is is all about that trying to get as much data as, as you can um, for you servicing the customer um, a lot of it's based on the design side. Mm-hmm. I think uh we've all had to completely reimagine how we go about designing products where so the type of design that we're doing, it's, it's a lot more complex now because you're thinking, oh, it's all not, not just about the cost itself. It's about the flexibility, uh, the sustainability, uh, all that combined where it's it's a very complex design trying to mm. have eight pin, 8 pin, 12 pin, 16 pin IC all work on the same board, uh, for example. So you have that flexibility. Uh, but how, about, how do you go about doing that? Um, and which has caused a massive shortage right now of electrical engineers. Right, right. And right. Right now, it's it's not a matter of direct labor that is the uh, supply constraint. It, it's engineers, the the brain behind the design, uh, because everyone's trying to design the the product to have multiple multiple sources, multiple designs, and it's it's a big big shortage area. And I think from yeah. season standpoint, we've we had a lot of focus on design pre COVID. Uh, this only exasperated our focus towards that area yeah. where we're pushing heavily into the design and really helping our customers take advantage of the the, the international supply chain where we mm-hmm. don't focus just purely on the brand names. There's a lot of alternative sources out there. Uh, yeah. smaller fabricators as well too that do have capacity. I think mm-hmm. if everyone's going towards buying chips from TSMC good luck on trying to get allocation but there's plenty of wafers out there uh that has capacity you just have to know where they are and yeah you've got to dig a bit deeper yeah
0: yeah yeah and I, i i really like the idea that you're you know you're kind of designing the product you're designing the bill of materials you're designing the supply chain aware that you've got to work for a um disruptive environment and these these kind of good supply chain management the environmental sustainability all of those things felt like they were to a degree table stakes and they were things that the OEMs wanted but the most important thing they wanted was uh, was low price and 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 as much value as they could achieve are OEMs becoming more pragmatic are they are they looking at the big picture and is it is it not just about price now
1: We've had a lot of discussions with our customers about the whole sustainability factors, um, mm-hmm. trying to determine, oh, is it all about lithium ion? Is that the right way of doing things? Are there better better use of packaging, for example? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all there, but at the end, I think first step is being able to supply whatever you can. I think revenue is key for everyone to sustain. Mm-hmm. But there, for the last three months or so, we've had further discussions about uh, design for sustainability. Um, they are asking about, oh, is there better packaging solutions? Uh, can we consider mold of pulp as opposed mm. to um, vacuum floor and plastics? Uh, and we're working there, but it's it's a very complex calculation um, where it, you might be able to use mold pulp for packaging, but it's a bulkier packaging solution. So you're taking up more space in the container. So mm. is it worthwhile to switch over? Like you might be... Sus- replacing one problem with another problem. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. concept of uh, EVs as well, too. You're taking the limited supply of petrol and then you're replacing with the limited supply of lithium-ion yeah. and causing yeah. a whole boatload of other issues uh, yeah. in the electrical too. Yeah, so- I think
0: the whole EV thing's fascinating. And there was a big debate. We had a recent election here in Australia. Um, and sustainability, the environment always comes up. Um, and... People were reminded that most Teslas here are coal-fired, because that's where most of our electricity comes comes from. So to think of it as a sustainable vehicle is just looking in a very narrow way at the vehicle itself. But the electricity, you know, the manufacturing process, all those things have impact. So when you're looking environmentally, it's a it's a life cycle analysis, isn't it? It's throughout the thing. And when you're looking at these disruptions and challenges, it's the same. One of the things I'm curious about, as you look at kind of redesigning your your business, your products, your supply chain for disruption, is how do you you look to the future on that? We don't know what the the next disruption might be. Um, There's a sense that it might be economic next um, with interest rates rising and with inflation rising. How do you view preparedness for that? How do you make sure you, you've you kind of almost built in agility into the business to, to be ready for the next, whatever it is, the next disruption?
1: Yeah, I think um, I agree with you, Phil, on the next disruption. Um, economic-wise, it feels the most logical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what else can go wrong in this world, right? Uh, <laughs> with, with the interest rates going up, we're sensing um, there, there's a lot of s- slowed down activity. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of news about Walmart and others already slowing down inventory uh, because they're at record high. Yeah. Uh, I think there's also news about the container activities uh, or just logistics, logistics activities uh, slowing down in the US as well too because they've stocked up. Um, so it's coming. Uh, I think I've, I've spoken to a lot of customers about the soft landing and how to mm-hmm. make sure that is as easy as it is because I can tell you a lot of people have gone out there and bought a lot of material. Mm. Uh, double ordering, triple ordering. Uh, the yeah. entire supply chain is very loaded with inventory now. And what happens uh, when yeah. all of a sudden guy says stop or I can't yeah. uh, afford this? Because I think a lot of the inventory is being funded by the banks and yeah. as the interest rates continue to rise, um, that is kind of call back and yeah. it will be a domino effect and i think i may have mentioned this back in 2020 when we first talked uh but m- maybe it's going to happen soon but again who, who's to tell right so yeah. the only thing we can do is that flexibility side that uh, agility yeah. side we're trying to sit on a um a reasonable amount of inventory we're we're saying yeah. all-time high inventory right now for sure uh, but we're trying to sit on stuff that makes sense uh, yeah. that we can that can be used elsewhere as well, uh, and designing that flexibility. You might be one or two components short of a clear to build set. Uh, well, we, let's get rid of that. Let's let's yeah, find let's use technology that. and get get that component in the house. Uh, I think yeah. uh, that's what a lot of people are focusing right now on get yeah. getting rid of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an insane situation, isn't it, Carl, when you think of it. When you think of the fact that we, um, you know, we, we, we may be we may be going into stormy times in terms of the economy. Meantime, we have more inventory than we've ever had. We have most companies heavily leveraged in terms of the amount of cash because they've got to not just support that inventory, but support work in progress. OEMs looking at the balance sheet of their suppliers to make sure there's enough. Um, cash in there and then suddenly cash is going to become much more expensive so <clears throat> it's another one of those perfect storms that we always um, seem to have to endure in the ems industry
1: indeed that's a kind of like uh, 2008 when the the automotive industry came to a halt um well there's a lot of bailouts that needs to happen uh and probably that is what's going to happen here too
0: yeah, and it's curious. I think if we look at the last twelve months, Carl, we've seen quite a lot of um, a lot of consolidation, particularly where you are at the moment in the US. There's been a lot of acquisition, particularly in that in that middle area of uh, you know the medium size, I guess fifty to one hundred million dollar um, sales e- EMS companies. Do you see this change in um, economic circumstances? Accelerating, accelerating that because there'll be more opportunity, or dampening that because cash is more expensive. What do you, what do you expect there?
1: Well, I, I definitely think valuations will go back more to a normal rate. Yeah. I think a lot of private equity had a lot of money out there, um, and so a lot of consolidation happens as, as, as a result of that, um, and with interest rates being higher than naturally that should stem the, the how, how, how many deals that's been going on but hmm. uh, I, I think once once it continues once the inventory really causes issues there will be a more even more sale coming out yeah uh, where um, hopefully there's some good deals to be had as well too but yeah. again it's gonna be brave enough to jump on a deal like that when everyone's worried about inventory as well yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess we get into a position where, you know, where cash is king. And um, you know, you went you went into the um into the pandemic in a very strong cash position, and that seems to remain the case. The order books are at record high. Should we feel confident and comfortable in those order books, or are they like the order books of the component distributors? People have just said, okay, well, I know I need to order 12 months out now. Um, so your order books, you know, in, inflated, um, just in an attempt to mitigate risk.
1: Yeah, I think um, it is very inflated in that sense. I've never seen anything like this. If it can always be like this, it'd be a great thing, but uh, uh, it's not. Um, so for us, we're we're quite cautious on that, and a lot of our customers, um, even when they place POS to us, we unfortunately have to pass on the same terms that are. Mm. Component manufacturers giving to us, which is NCNR, you can't cancel, can't reschedule. Um, yeah. That's the only way we're willing to act on those uh, POs as well. Because yeah. uh, to go from a three month order window to a 18 month order window, that's six times the, the liability. Um, yeah. And so, uh, unfortunately, for the EMS world, we don't make enough margin to be able to uh, finance all that. Swallow um, so that for
0: your customers. No, it doesn't make sense to either. No, and you're, you're finding the OEMs, your customers are being are being reasonably pragmatic about that. I mean, I guess their cash is under pressure in the same way.
1: Yeah, I think for us, we're very lucky. Uh, most of the customers that we deal with, we're not the Fortune 500 uh, guys that we work with. We work with a small, medium size, um, <laughs> a billion dollar size or so uh, company. Very well financed, uh, very well positioned. Um, so in that sense, They've even come to me saying, um, listen, if, if you're holding too much inventory, let us know and we'll help you out, which brought a tear to my eye. Uh, yeah. uh, but we're, we're very lucky with really good customers. That's Well, what that speaks
0: to the partnerships you built, though, Carl. That speaks to how you've had that constantly through all this disruption. You've had that channel of communication very open. The fact that as president and CEO, I get a sense that any customer can get hold of you pretty much whenever they need to and uh, and you'll have an honest and frank um, discussion with them and that's that's just become a key part of the business now.
1: Yeah, I think um, you don't want to oversell anything. Yeah, uh, Right now, it, you have to be brutally honest with all the customers um, because it, it's a very small industry. Uh, I think um, what what you do now is setting the tone for the next 5, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Um, us uh we, we push for that and you know we're, we're very blessed with a really good set of customers uh, i yeah. think uh, yeah uh, long term wise we're sitting quite well and we're quite yeah. happy with um, but um we're just hoping to be able to, to serve our customers and get them out of this glut um as soon as possible yeah because yeah and just, yeah. They're all just component all of them yeah yeah
0: it's always that it's always that that one uh that one component that you need to get stuff built ready. Um, last question. You're on a bit of a tour de force around the world. You talked about the importance of customers. You talked about the importance of team. It must be great to be getting out there and spending some time with the team and making sure all the factories are humming along nicely. How's that been?
1: It's been... Amazing, right? I spent eight months last year up in China uh, when in 2020 I didn't see them at all. So being mm-hmm. with the China team for eight months was great. Now I get to spend more time with the Malaysia Mexico team. And I, I don't, I, unfortunately, uh, I'm not a very support, big supporter of work from home. I, I'm in the manufacturing industry, so you have to work from the factory. Um, so being in the factory, being able to interact with people, it, it's so much more vital so much more effective mm. um, a team's meeting or looking over a power bi report um where i could sit in the manufacturing area and know what's going on and solve yeah. the issues yeah. uh where it's not a facade behind any data it's real and i yeah. think that that is critical for our industry i uh, work from home is great once in a while but not not perpetually and not definitely not for our industry
0: no, it's quite it's quite unique in that way. And I I find it even when I'm, you know, kind of doing research or I'm working with different companies, there is nothing quite like walking the floor with the uh, with a senior ops guy. You just get such a feel for, you know, their pride in certain areas, the areas that are challenging them. You can see where the bottlenecks are. And um, and for you, that's you know, that's really interesting. How's the Chinese coming?
1: Oh, gosh, Mandarin. you had to bring that up, yeah.
0: Well, you put it out there. You told everybody you were learning, so now you learning. I
1: am learning, I'm learning but uh, for some reason, I switched to Spanish for a little bit, so I'm working on my Spanish now, uh, but it's, cool. it's not really going anywhere. Uh, there's, there's the Mandarin, maybe when I'm going back up to the, the factory again, then I'll pick it up again, but right now, it's it is very rusty.
0: Yeah, I spent a while living in Guadalajara and had Spanish lessons regularly um, and enjoyed speaking Spanish to people. But even by even by the end of it, with a lesson every day, I realized I could only speak in the present tense. So everything was living in the moment. There was no past. There was no future available to me. So, uh, yeah, languages are challenging. And if you're trying to learn more than one at, at one time, it's even more so.
1: Very confusing. Spanish and Chinese and English mixed together in one conversation.
0: There you go. You'll throw it all in there. Carl, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time. All the best going forward and we'll look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you.